Today we begin our Advent journey towards Christmas where Luke begins with the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth. So beginning at the very first chapter, actually the first verse. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the Word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught." I read that introductory passage because it's important for us all to know that this is not fairy tale stuff. This is not made up. This is the report of one who has done thorough research. He is a physician. He's concerned about details. He's talked to people. He's looked at documents. And then this is his narrative as inspired also by the Holy Spirit. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. But now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them but remained unable to speak. And when his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant, 
and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, He has shown His favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, uh, Zechariah considered himself to be a very lucky man. He was finally uh, given his turn to serve in the temple, keeping the incense burning on the altar before the most holy place. This responsibility rotated from division to division within the priestly families of the tribe of Levi, the descendants of Aaron. And so when his division came up, uh, they all drew lots, and Zechariah was the one who was chosen. I mean, he won the lottery. (laughs) He was overjoyed. He couldn't believe it himself. It was for many priests the chance of a lifetime. And in fact, some uh, of the priests never made it into the, into the holy place. I mean, serving in the temple was the dream of his life, and now it had come true. And so he surely relished the moment, but he certainly didn't expect the encounter, uh, that his encounter with an angel, let alone an angel with such a strange greeting. The angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. Be not afraid. Fear not. Those are always the first words coming out of the mouth of an angel. Angels may have good news to deliver, but uh, they almost always come in a very shocking, unexpected, startling way, and and that certainly was the case here in this uh, story. Zechariah got over the immediate shock of being addressed by an angel, the first thing that came to Zechariah's mind may well have been, well, what prayer, what prayer? Uh, Because long ago, he and his wife had uh, stopped praying for a, a child. In earlier days, indeed, Zechariah and Elizabeth had prayed earnestly for a child. In that culture and in that day, there was a huge stigma attached to those who were childless. It was probably, in fact, the worst thing that that could happen to you. People figured that it was just God's judgment against you. And at some point, as Zechariah and Elizabeth got older and older, well beyond the child-rearing years, child-bearing years, they came to the end of their hope. They buried their shame, and they stopped expecting their prayers to be answered. So they did their best to put this all out of their mind and, as I say, probably stop praying for a child altogether. That's why it was such a shock not only to encounter the angel Gabriel, but to be told that their prayer was about to be answered. Finally, Elizabeth will conceive and bear a child. But instead of reacting with with faith and joy to this news, as you might expect, Zechariah doesn't believe a word of it. Yeah, sure, you betcha. I'm sure that's what he thought or what he said. You got to be kidding. How do you figure? I mean, Zechariah's expectations are so low, he doesn't have faith that God can actually make that happen for him, for them. 
After all, God didn't come through in earlier years. So Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man. My wife is well along in years. I mean, she's pushing 70, for heaven's sake. But God, through this, His angel, doesn't take this lack of faith too kindly. And so He reprimands Zechariah by taking away his ability to speak until Elizabeth delivers her child. So you can imagine Zechariah's frustration uh, as he comes out of the temple doors and, uh, you know, it is his sacred priestly responsibility to pronounce a spoken benediction upon all the people gathered there at the door, a benediction upon the people of Israel. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, all he can do is play a game of charades. <laughs> he can't speak. Can you imagine? But it would, I guess it would seem that, that Zechariah had deserved it. I mean, uh, he's a priest, right? Supposed to believe in God. Uh, and, uh, you know, we just want to say, well, how can you be so unbelieving, Zach? Come on, come on. Man, you're in the temple. You're in the Holy of Holies. You would expect some sort of a spiritual encounter. You see an angel. The angel addresses you. And you don't have faith? And yet, perhaps, maybe you and I would react the same way if we were in His shoes, because how many times have we ardently prayed for something and hoped for something, but seemingly to no avail? The days and perhaps the years pass, and God seems to have forgotten us. We begin to lose our hope. We give up on God. So, where are you at the end of your hope right now? I mean, is it in your personal life? You were hoping that maybe some things would change in your relationship with God, but everything just seems to just be the same, the same routine. Nothing seems, God doesn't seem to be at work in your life in a very powerful way, and you wonder why. I mean, you pray for Him to work, but where's God? Perhaps you struggle with certain habits or compulsions or addictions in your life, and you've prayed about these things, and you desperately want to be freed of them, but nothing seems to change. Come on, God, don't you answer prayers? Perhaps you're at the end of your hope with regard to your family. I mean, you just wish that uh, peace and love would prevail in your household or in your extended household. But no, brothers and sisters, parents and children just don't seem to get along. It's the same old, same old discord. Gets worse at holiday time. Nothing seems to change. It'll always be that way. God, do you answer prayers? Or perhaps you're at the end of your hope with regard to your career. I mean, you, you just, you've been working away, working hard, and, and you just don't seem to be advancing as you had hoped. You're not in the, the place where you would have wanted to be. Despite your ardent prayers for, for change, you're in the same old rut day after day after day. It goes by. Nothing different, looks promising. There seems to be no way out, just kind of like it feels like a dead-end job. Or it could be that you are praying for children, or you have children or grandchildren, and you are praying for them because they have not yet received, have been touched by God's grace, and you worry about them, 
And after a period of years even, sometimes you find that, that uh, you don't really expect it to change. Nothing seems to be happening. Or perhaps you're at the end of your hope with regard to the future of our country and of our world. I mean, we pray for God's peace and for, and for love to prevail, and yet every day, just about every day, brings news of some terrorist act or some senseless shooting or yet another horrible scandal or some international threat, and sometimes it seems like the world is spinning out of control. There are all kinds of ways that hope can die in us. But even though it may seem that the darkness may overtake us and our troubles and our fears seem to overwhelm, God promises not to abandon us. The word for the day, the good news, is that just as God did not forget Zechariah or Elizabeth when they were at the end of their hope, neither does God forget you and me or his world. It's interesting that the name Zechariah in Hebrew means God remembers. And Elizabeth in Hebrew means God is my oath or God is my promise. So true to the meaning of their names, God remembers his oath, his promises to Zechariah and to Elizabeth and answers their prayers. And so God remembers you and me. God promises to meet our needs and to answer our prayers according to His wisdom and plan for us. Now, we have to think through this a little bit, because to say that God answers our prayers and will not forget us does not mean that He will give us everything we want. Some of the things we desire are actually quite selfish, and God needs to work in our lives to change those desires so that they align with His desires for us. But even if what we wish for, if what we pray for is right and true and good, it doesn't mean that God will answer necessarily the way we want Him to. For example, in Elizabeth and Zechariah's case, it came very late in life, but basically they got the answer they wanted. They had a child. In fact, they had a very special child. But not every infertile couple who prays for a child will receive a natural-born child. But it may well be that God will answer their prayers by bringing other children into their lives, adopted children, or a classroom of children, or God will bring into their lives special, wonderful opportunities that those with children could not take advantage of. God always answers prayer but in His way, according to His time, according to His own wisdom. And that's a good thing because I know that if God answered every one of my prayers, my life would be a mess. I mean, thank you, God, for not answering all my prayers the way I want because I know that I, just, I don't have wisdom to know what is actually really good for me. Thank you, God. I'll just trust you to work, but I'll pray. Sometimes God says no to our prayers. Sometimes He delays according to His own wisdom. Sometimes, sometimes God answers our prayers in ways that we wouldn't expect or envision, but in the end turns out for the better. I always remember Paul's words, all things work together for good to those who love God according to His purpose. So God did indeed remember Zechariah and Elizabeth, answered their prayers, God gave them a son, 
But in doing so, God also remembered the nation of Israel just when they as a people were at the end of their hope. The son born to Elizabeth and to Zechariah was no ordinary child, but one who would be the very forerunner of the Messiah to come, John the Baptist. Because you see, when the temple of Jerusalem was destroyed, what a terrible event that must have been for every Jewish person. To see the very temple of God being destroyed by the Romans, Titus coming in. Well, actually before that, by the Babylonians. And the people of Israel were taken away into exile and suffered at the hands of other nations. It seemed as though God had utterly abandoned them. That God had forgotten them. They kept praying to God to send a Messiah who would lead the people to victory. He would cast off their oppressors and restore the nation as it was at the time of King David. But as years and even centuries passed by, the people of Israel began to feel hopeless. In fact, God had not spoken to them since the prophet Malachi 400 years earlier, so God had been silent all that time. There was no other prophet after Malachi to speak God's word. God seems, was silent. But then, in the fullness of time, just when Israel, the people of Israel, were at the end of their hope, God answered their prayers by sending a Messiah, but different than the conquering hero they expected, coming to this, this world in the form of a humble man of peace, winning a victory greater and wider than ever could have been imagined, a victory over sin and death itself. It was when people dwelt in a land of deep darkness that the light came. The Messiah came to earth and was born in Bethlehem. It was to people who were at the end of their hope that God came. God had not forgotten His people after all. Their prayers were answered in God's way, in God's own time, and God's way is always better. And that's exactly what Zechariah says when God finally opens His mouth and speaks and pronounces His blessing. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because He has come to His people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of His servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant. The oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And then in referring to his own newborn son, John, who would become known as John the Baptist, he says, And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for Him, to give His people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace." Advent, Advent is a season to rekindle our hope. It's a time for those who are at the end of their hope to remember that God has not forgotten them, 
the Lord is coming. He will act and will bring about His good purposes for you and for me and for this world He has made. Advent is a time to dust off our faith, to exercise it, to trust, to turn to God, to trust Him, to trust His timing, because God is not finished with us yet. The best is yet to come. He is faithful and God is able, indeed more than able, to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or imagine. So may God fill us with trust and hope in the coming King who makes all things beautiful in His time. Amen.